0: Hello everybody, my name is Jeremy Franchese. Thanks for tuning in. This is First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it today. We're talking about the most significant challenges recent graduates are facing when entering the workforce. Having a great weekend, uh, whatever you got into, whether you were able to watch Tiger take home the green jacket, maybe you were spending some time with the family. But I, it, it's Sunday afternoon, a little bit of rain has passed, so it's a little bit uh clear out right now. And, and just thinking about the week, I hope everybody had a nice, relaxed, refreshing weekend today. What we're gonna dive into is, is something I'm I find very interesting because every team I'll meet with, every company I'll meet with, often has some opinion on dealing with, managing, and addressing the whole millennial situation, right? What do we do with these folks coming out of college? And oftentimes, they look at it from their perspective. What do we need? What do we want? What are we going to do with them? And today, what we're going to talk about is what what Harvard Business Review actually addressed is the three key areas uh, that, that new graduates are facing difficulties in. And I'm very excited because I think they're pretty simple. I think they're pretty... I think it's gonna be easy for people to understand, but the second and third level questioning behind it, I think, is is how we can drive home some uh, actual change and something actionable so that you can truly look at your new graduates and your new employees, your interns, or your your recent hires that are in the 20 to, you know, 22 to to 30 range and they're maybe new. These are some things that they're challenging with and they're struggling with. First is the, the, the concept of feedback. Most millennials most millennials excuse me, most recent graduates think about college and the feedback structure that's in place right most of it's pretty clear and consistent every assignment requires feedback it's great it's something that is contextually based off of all other performances and it's a pretty commonly understood standardized system right and so there's not much personal explanation behind it. There's also not that much that's unclear because there's typically a syllabus, there's a roadmap for the class, there's a general understanding of we're at point A, we're gonna get to point B, these assignments compose the stepping stones of how we get from A to B, and we're gonna assess each other on every single leg of the race to make sure that you're able to pass the class as well as develop, right? But ultimately, it's very cut and dry, standardized, and there's often the the, the means for communicating feedback is typically done in, in an impersonal way, meaning it's not typically in person. If you really think about the, the, the environment, unless you're in really, really small class settings, your final exams, your papers, your, your, your team projects even, you typically get a written uh, criticisms or feedback or a general overview of your performance. It's typically not done in a manner that provides any growth from an interpersonal perspective of how to handle feedback, right? And so when people are coming out of college, one of the things that these, these folks in, in the studies are showing they're struggling with is there's a quote here that, that stated from a 23-year-old a research assistant, right, newly, you know, uh, plugged into the workforce. Throughout my entire life, from the beginning of school, everything was graded. You could get immediate feedback on your performance, but at work, you're not getting that immediate feedback. And I think that was one of the biggest challenges throughout that transition. And really, what, she, what she's touching on. And what this, this 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 person's touched on is that every employee is, is really subject to the systems in place by their, their company as well as their manager. Right? If you have a really proactive, really empathetic manager who understands what's going on, you may get more feedback than somebody else that maybe works for an old school baby boomer who hasn't updated their, their perspective on workforce strategies. They may give you no news, no news is good news, or they may just lay it down on you hard and and give you feedback all at once, and you've never experienced that before, and there's more at stake. You could lose your job, you could lose a client, you could lose revenue, you can break the the project open and all things go wrong. There's a lot more at stake, and so when we look at feedback, there's a couple things. Clear and consistent is what school provides. In the workforce, it's not always clear and consistent, let alone present, right? Um, and so when when you go from a, an environment with school where you have a clear-cut roadmap there's a curriculum that's a big gap right it's a, it's a big gap when you've been given an instruction your whole life in a game plan and then you go into a job and it's like all right here's what we're gonna do and you're kind of like well, why are we doing it what are we doing how is this gonna happen who's what, what what are we doing you feel like you're going to play you know you're going to play the game and you don't even understand the playbook let alone the rule book so 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 the, the ability, and there's another quote in this Harvard Business Review, actually, I, I just, I wanted to touch on. Um, it talks about, you know, depending on your manager, right? You may get great feedback, you may get no feedback, um, but one of the, the alternatives it said, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing, but, um, or you might receive feedback in an intermittent and difficult to decipher manner through a quick comment here or there until you have that rare official performance review. And I think that that's really important to hone in on, right? You may get some one-off comment, that, that somebody that's immersed in the workforce may see as, I'm giving you feedback. Sally, Jack, why are you not listening? I've given you feedback. We talked yesterday, and you, you maybe didn't even acknowledge it because it was a 16-second conversation where they just threw an opinion at you. Maybe you took it for a grain of salt. Maybe you took it and ran immediately, took it to heart. But the principle is, they may have perceived that as giving feedback, and you may not even notice the conversation existed, Right? And if they only have a performance review once a year, then it's very strange because you're used to the ongoing consistent feedback and now you're going to a point where you almost have nothing. And then they drop an atom bomb on you of like, in the last 12 months, these are all of your screw ups. And you're like, why didn't you just tell me? Why didn't you just tell me? When it happened, why did you not just tell me? Right? Because a lot of organizations still do that. They document it and then they bring it up at your annual review. And you're like, that was nine months ago. I don't even remember what I had for lunch last Tuesday. And you're asking me why I acted that way on a project that was happening last November and it's like, what are we talking about? So I think a lot of this is applying common sense, but it's from both sides. New graduates recognize that the game has changed, right? The game has shifted. That requires you to shift and be proactive if if i was going to move from where i am and move halfway across the country and and recognizing that's a shift i would probably address it with some significance and i would i would research and do what i need to do for due diligence to prepare myself for that shift in lifestyle when you're a new graduate you should be doing that with your new company try to do what you can for research understanding the culture understanding the procedures. you should do that and also looking into the feedback side of the house looking into how things are done right Asking that in the interview process would be a great way to jump on that. Hey, obviously you believe in developing your people. I did my research. Glassdoor, all these different sites said that you guys love your people. Can you talk, development's really important for me as as somebody that's really interested in working here. Can you talk to me about how you guys provide feedback? Is it structured? Is it something that's very personal and ad hoc? How does that work? That may sound like a very random thing to ask in an interview, but what it says is that you're thinking about the second and third level opportunities at a company. Half the candidates are coming in wanting a paycheck. They want that first level answer. How much do I make? What's my health care? Then those second and third level questions of how do you develop me? I get you care about your people, but how do you actually deploy feedback? Is it once a year? Is it something where we're gonna have an opportunity for me to, I wanna learn, I wanna grow, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty for change. How does that work here? Right? And not a lot of graduates are used to the face-to-face feedback where you get it kicking the teeth. Right, You get a big critical, you know, uh, you get a lot of criticism, right? Maybe you had room for improvement somewhere. Um, that may be new for you. And, and so the, 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 the how to receive both positive as well as negative feedback in a poised professional manner. That's how Harvard Business Review put it. It says it all, right? That is a new skill. Okay, I want to add this quote in here real quick while we're on feedback and then we're going to shift to something. As a result of these cultural differences, right? Talking about demographics and, and, and organizational systems and things that are all different. Some review all the time. Some managers like to give feedback every day. Some don't even notice what feedback is. Those differences, young professionals can experience a feedback vacuum in the professional world. I'm going to say that again. As a result of these cultural differences, young professionals can experience a feedback vacuum in the professional world. Wondering, and here's the big thing. Wondering how to improve and if they need to improve and how they can develop the skills necessary to improve at their firm and in their career. Not giving feedback puts them in a space where they have no idea where they stand. Providing all the feedback in the world, but in a way that doesn't really come across as feedback and you're just throwing little sprinkles of opinions out there, may not be communicated in a way that they can comprehend as actionable and it leaves them in a position with how do I improve, but also do I even need to, like am I doing the right things? Addressing feedback head-on as an organization is an opportunity. Addressing the ability to handle feedback, provide feedback, endure criticism, grow, develop, and, and understand how feedback can be a benefit as well as something to stomach when you're a new graduate, that is an opportunity, okay? That's one of three. Feedback's number one. The second is relationships. I'm gonna kinda put this really simply. When you're in college, you can pick who you hang out with. Like, if you don't like somebody and you don't have to hang out with them, there's no reason to do so. When you go to work at a company you may not love everybody you work with and when you're recent out of college you're out of that that ability to choose without caution it changes the game because not only do you have to maybe work with a boss you don't like maybe it's a coworker. you know we always had that one person on the team projects that didn't do anything and we had to do all the work i think everybody can relate to that and you may have to endure that at work but here's the difference that group project only lasted 90 days you're at a company that's not going anywhere The ability to better understand how to work with people that are diverse, that are maybe somebody you don't want to hang out with, spend time with, develop rapport with, and actually collaborate with, okay? The ability to manage difficult relationships is something that most fresh graduates have no clue how to handle, per the studies. They don't know how to handle it, and so as an employer and looking at that, that's something to look at as an opportunity, right? quote another another piece I, I like this there's four there's four key or there's three key differences here Re- one relationship building in a professional environment is about developing friendships yeah that's part of it number two but building a robust network of colleagues is number three okay one build relationships and friendships sure I'm in mazel tov a robust network right you want to connect with everybody normally if you didn't like somebody you didn't deal with them but if, if your manager doesn't like you because they don't think you work hard and that goes somewhere that can impact your career Right? And the last thing is taking the positive of both of those opportunities of developing friendships, developing a network, ultimately, so it can help you succeed at your job and advance in your career. I'm not telling you to be greedy, I'm not telling you to use people, be manipulative. What I'm telling you is that the studies are showing that the recent graduates are struggling with handling difficult relationships because they were used to being able to choose who they dealt with and who they didn't because there was no consequences. But if you, want to deal, if you don't want to deal with Alex in accounting because you think he's an asshole, I'm sorry. But you may have to deal with Alex because it's part of your job. And so, pardon the language, you know, I try to not cuss too much on the show, but I think that this point's really important. Because when you live in an environment where you're able to choose all the things you don't like and pluck them out like you're looking at your Halloween candy when you're 9 saying, I don't like those, and you just throw them in the trash or give them to your little sibling. Unfortunately, when you get in the workforce, that's not something you're really able to do. And so, hitting that head-on is a huge opportunity for an employer. That's part of feedback. Understanding who's playing in the sandbox with the other boys and girls, right? That all matters, but uh, the ability to, to manage difficult relationships, right? That's a new skill. So you look at somebody that's maybe IT, software development, consulting, business analyst, data analyst, engineer, software, mechanical, whatever they do, they may be really, really competent, truly skilled, masterful in what they got a degree in, and that core competency that which you employ them for the company, but here's the thing, managing relationships is a skill that is not taught in school, okay, it's really, really important. So I want to touch on that, right, because ultimately the pressure... Right, and we're gonna to shift to this last part okay, gradually. The pressure is there's nothing really at stake at college if you don't like somebody. You may have to deal with drama. But if you don't work well with somebody at work, it could cost you your job, it could cost them their job, you could cost the company revenue, a grant, a donor, a client. I mean there's there's a lot of lot of downside. Whereas in college you just throw somebody away, it's pretty much all upside, you know, man, whatever. So number one is feedback. Number two is relationships. The third part is accountability. When you're in school, when you graduate, these recent graduates that are struggling to to fully immerse themselves in, in, in their new experiences at work, in the new workplace, with their new company, their new boss, their new teammates. In college, your accountability is to yourself, your potential, your goals, and maybe your parents. Whoever's cutting the check for school, maybe they're holding you accountable. When you go to work, it's not just you anymore. You have your division. You have your, your, your direct boss. You have their boss that probably cares about your performance. You have your team player. You have your current responsibilities that relies on the paycheck you get. If you don't do your job, it's hard to pay you, right? Not to mention the organization as a whole, the logo which you represent, the benefits which you earn by deploying resources, capital, knowledge, and getting the job done. So being accountable to yourself, immediately is is less of a burden when you look at the job market, when you go to work for a company and now you're responsible and accountable to a million people. And if you fail that test, I'm sorry, it it may impact your ability to graduate. I'm not saying that's nothing, but if you get canned because you can't play, because you're not holding yourself accountable, you're not putting in the work, showing up early, getting the job done, communicating effectively, learning the skills necessary to get the task done that maybe stretches the boundaries, but was delegated to you nonetheless, it's different. Because the one thing, and I like how it says this in this article, but you know, if you fail a key assignment, damage a client relationship, mismanage an interaction with a supplier, you can't make up for it and ask for extra credit. Can I get a preach? Can I get an amen? I mean, yeah, maybe maybe in sales, if you blow a big deal, you can say, I'm going to prospect cold call and stay late and bust my tail and go get bigger deals, bigger business, ramp it up and make it happen and fill up the pipeline and try to you know, suffocate your pipeline with bigger opportunities to replace the deal you lost. But I mean, ultimately, if you lost a client because you didn't handle it well, that is a direct impact to the bottom line of the company that writes your check. There's no extra credit where you call them and say, hey, I'm really sorry, can I just do this report or this white paper and publish it so our company looks good? Okay, your new graduates are—they're excited, they're motivated. I, I kind of don't like that. That a lot of reports and a lot of things are coming out like, you know, they're lazy millennials. Da, 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 da. Like, I think everybody can agree that we're more passionate and, and and excited to do things that we're good at. And when there are certain intangibles, right? Think about going to the gym. If you don't like to work out but and you have no idea how to go actually like move weights around and stretch and like do cardio you don't really understand what you're, you're doing um, yeah, you're not going to like it that much of course but when you start to learn the mechanics you start to understand how to do things that actually get you what you want naturally you start to like it more because you feel like I'm good at this I can do this when you go to work if you're not getting feedback that's the same thing as not knowing where you stand in the gym. You're like, do I need to go do cardio? Like, am I in shape? Am I out of shape? I don't know. You go to the, you know go to work, get no feedback. You're like, do I need to do things differently? Does my boss like the work I'm doing? Like, what am I doing that's right? Am I getting things done? Do I feel like I need to maybe like brush up on something that I don't know about? Like, you feel like a lost dog, right? And then the relationship piece. If you don't really feel comfortable getting along with the other boys and girls in the in the, in the in the in the in the in the playground, like I don't blame you for resenting going to work because you don't like the people you're with, because you don't know how to manage difficult relationships. Your people may not know how to manage difficult relationships, handle criticism, handle constructive feedback, handle adversity. So, yeah. Maybe they are a little bit unplugged because they don't know how to handle it. Now, I'm not saying that that's something that they just offload to you and it's your job to help them figure that out. But my point is, it's a new skill set. They may be an electrical engineer. That doesn't mean you can't help drive impact towards helping them handle relationship building, communication, right? It's not all just foo-foo crap. It helps you drive results. Right? So let's wrap this up. What can companies do to impact these? Everybody's hiring new people. Everybody's hiring millennials. People are looking to hire fresh blood, right? It gives some, some vitality to the organization, okay? So if, if people are going to be hiring fresh, recent graduates, most likely the group is going to have some level of, of, of discomfort in these three areas, which is the feedback loop, the relationship gap, and, and, and skill, and, and ultimately the accountability threshold of now they report to people, there's more at stake, there's more on, on the table, and there's, there's, there's more risk. So what can we do there's there's four there's four key things that you can do as a company number one treat this transition like a real transition and not something that happens in 20 minutes yeah i get it they fill out their i9 they sign the job offer they get on on with the computer and now their job is started but if you look at this like okay this 25 year old 24 year old is now stepping out from a cultural bubble into our organization I want you to look at this as somebody that wants the maximum output from them. If you're the company, you want top line revenue, growth, bottom line profitability, engagement, productivity, low turnover. If that is the desired outcome, thinking about the intangibles can help you execute on those initiatives. So, with that being the case, if you looked at somebody that had never left their their small town in in the, the sticks of Nebraska, and now they were flying out to LA because they were an incredible developer, and you were flying them out, would you not be cognizant of the fact that they probably have no idea what they're walking into because they've never left their town that has more cows than people, and has nine and a half people in the town as a collective populace, and now they're flying to Los Angeles? You would probably think about that, but we don't think about that with graduates. We don't consider that being relevant. So what I'm saying, step one is recognize that you can have an opportunity to consider that a true significant transition. What that can do is lead you to two, three, and four. Number two, address up front, teaching them the norms, the rules, and really like explicitly like what's going on, and what's the difference here? If you look at a college graduate and you say, "Hey, I recognize that coming from UMD or or American GW," these were certain luxuries, and I don't know the full picture. Here's how it operates around here, and you just lay it out for them. This isn't this isn't like a TV show where you got to lay down like this is the heavy hitter. Stay away from Jack. I'm just saying, let them understand what they're doing, right? Let them know what's going on let them know a foundation if they know what they're doing and walking into they're more equipped to make and form opinions on their own be more confident right they're more inclined to start taking risks that are in the betterment of the company but if they don't have any idea or the framework then they're not even going to start or they're going to take directions that t- t- take a, 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 a chance in a direction that may be wrong right three is actively promoting positive and encouraging mindsets meaning like everybody was young, everybody was fresh out of college or low, young 20s, and they had no idea what the heck they were doing with their life, right? Recognizing that there's going to be adversity, but that everybody experiences it is a great opportunity to uplift. Because again, rising tide rises. What's the saying? It's 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 rising tides uh, uh, raise all boats, or something like that, right? If we just address it, it only helps everybody. So address it. Be positive, encouraging. Let them know, yeah. you Welcome on day one. We expect you to make mistakes, but we expect you to recognize, look, develop, and grow as you look to execute on the responsibilities. Here are some ways we can navigate that. Okay? Everybody was young. Everybody made mistakes. Everybody felt something new for the first time. The last thing, and and then we're going to wrap this baby up, is mentorship. Whether formal, informal, let them tap into somebody that can help them learn the ropes, expedite the process, understand how feedback loops work, understanding how relationship building works, how do I integrate myself as a new person when everybody in my team is 45, I'm 26, they have three kids go home and watch their kids play softball, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, and I'm trying to figure out where the heck all my friends are. It may cause some adversity in the workforce. Talking about it helps, and it helps have some mentorship so you can really link up with somebody and address it head on, right? So what are the three challenges? Pop quiz. Top floor, pop quiz. What are the three challenges that that recent graduates are facing? Let's wrap this up. Number one is feedback. How to manage handling good and negative feedback. Two, relationships. How do you manage difficult relationships? Let alone professional relationships, let alone a network of relationships. three accountability you're not just accountable for yourself anymore when you work for a company and you leave college and enter the workforce you are responsible for your direct report your teammates right the the people you don't like the people you do like your 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 boss's boss the divisional presidents the organization the logo the the shareholders I mean it goes all the way through the moon and so that can be stressful and, and, and it can be be a deterrent right it can it can drive a lack of engagement so when we address feedback we address relationships and we address accountability that's done through the four ways companies can attack it number one address it like it's something that needs to be addressed don't passively pass it by look at it like a true change two address them up front the norms rules and why things are the way they are around there not because of like oh well, we've been doing this for 20 years i mean like explain the roadmap the playbook and also the rule book so that they understand the framework of what they can and can't do as well as the typical style of operations from a cultural operational as well as a leadership perspective let them know how things work promote positivity. People make mistakes. People were young. Being clueless is not new and it's not something that is old. It is just always a possibility when you enter new things. You might have no clue what's going on, right? And the last thing, mentorship. Informal or formal, provide the means to tap into somebody that knows the answers, okay? And that's about it. Okay? We're talking about foundation, and if you want to grow a sustainable team, you're gonna to have to welcome new people. And if those new people are fresh out of college, you best understand what they're challenged with. Because if you don't have empathy, if you don't understand what their problems are, you're probably not gonna have a long term relationship with them on your team because they're gonna disengage, they're gonna be feeling separated, they're not gonna know what's going on, and they're gonna leave because they can, because there's so many more jobs in the market open than there are people to fill them. So they may leave after six months because you didn't help them immerse themselves in the true skills of what it takes to be a competent professional and that's part of the game okay so my name is jeremy franchesi this is episode 17 where we're talking about the top challenges right the top challenges of recent graduates when entering the workforce we talked about their challenges are there's some onus on them there's also some opportunity on the company side the employer the manager the hiring hr side i hope this helps and I'm very grateful, as always, for, for those that tuned in for the full for the full podcast, the full episode. Um, if you can take a minute and review, if you can take a minute and drop some feedback. I don't care if it's a one star, three star, five star. Uh, I just want the feedback. The pulse on the, on the end uh, consumer is very helpful because it's where i get new feedback uh, text call linkedin you know email however you want to get a hold of me i'm not hard to find but i'm very grateful for any feedback i can get to improve this as i work on my skills i work on my messaging my ability to communicate effectively uh and and also just the ability to bring more value and, and and understand what i'm doing here and how it resonates with you so thanks for tuning in this is episode 17 of first floor conversations with a view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. My name is Jeremy Franchese. Thank you so much for tuning in.